0: Remember those fortune cookies you get in the end of the Chinese meal? Forget about it. They don't give it out there, okay? They don't. (laughs) That was actually disappointing for me personally. (laughs) I was really looking forward to them. And it was like, after my first meal in China, I was like, oh, you don't get it. Okay, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. That didn't surprise me
1: because that's like the classic thing of like, you know, Western countries tokenizing like foreign cultures. (laughs) Bloops bloops champagne glass or flute is that gonna go in bloops
0: <laughs> hey everyone this is daily dick show and this is episode two welcome everyone i'm having here my very dear friend maggie Moon with me I need to give a credit to her for coming up with the actual name for the podcast show. Yes. (laughs) David Dick was the entire Maggie's idea and I do appreciate it. And it started just like a simple conversation. And yet here we are on the second episode and it's very, very, very much. Oh, I moved my microphone. It is very, very much my pleasure to have you on my podcast and thank you very much for the pitching me the idea i really love it and let's go more into the topic of how we met and you know who the fuck are you bitch? <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: so um hi guys um my name is maggie i go by maggie lamoon which is my pen name because i'm a natural born drama queen so of course i can't go by my real name of course (laughs) Uh, so yeah it's Maggie Lamoon for anyone who's interested (laughs) um I'm currently a full-time MA student at King's College London so um yeah I'm back to student life all these years down the line um and I'm also working full time um as a customer services supervisor not very exciting but you know girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do (laughs) girls gotta eat And how did we meet? <laughs> Do you want to oh, tell the story? Or... <laughs> oh, my God.
0: I always refer to that as a long, long lost Indian sister. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I was watching, like, multiple Indian movies with my grandma, with, like, you know, twin sister, like, we're born together, were separated. And then, finally, they've met. And this is how I actually refer to Maggie because we are those kind of sisters because Maggie was born in Ukraine. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Because Maggie is half Ukrainian and I'm half Ukrainian myself. And we met in freaking China. How how weird is that? (laughs) And then we managed to continue and like have a very strong bond over the years. And actually it's like tonight is actually my Chinese anniversary. Oh, so how that we're doing this as well. Yeah. So it's been uh, six years that six years ago, I moved to China and three years ago I left China. It's gone full circle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy because like since like I moved to China, I've have never been in the same city in the same year which is very exciting but yeah like i am as i said in my previous podcast episode i'm very thankful for like meeting all the people and you are one of those people and i i am so grateful for the universe that actually connected me with this my indian sister which is (laughs) so bizarre actually to have you for the
1: record guys i'm not indian she just says that because of the movie reference yeah. i'm ukrainian <laughs> nigerian for anyone who's interested african Wait, system not I,
0: indian how do, how do you call that? like how do you call yourself like remind me again oh yeah nickranian nickranian <laughs> <laughs> okay i love it though i do love it can you please make you describe your experience in china because i was talking to my old friend from shanghai city A B. He was referring like in her own like experience of China She was living in Shanghai and you were living in Shenzhen for the past four years. I want to say five years.
1: five years, I can't exactly. believe yes. it was that long. So China like, has that thing where it just groups you in.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> describe that like your, um, experience in like two words about China, like experience like two living- words or two sentences. Okay, you can make it two sentences because I know you bitch love to
1: five years of life in China in two words, good luck. (laughs) Um, Actually, no, let me challenge myself. Let me try two words. Okay, definitely crazy. That is going to be the most accurate one of two words because there's nothing crazier than finding yourself like on the other side of the world in a place that has a completely foreign culture where you don't understand the language. Um, at the time that I was moving to China, I didn't have any connections. So a lot of people are kind of smart and they do their background research. They try to connect with other expats and, you know, feel it out before they move. I kind of just went in blind and I had no language. I didn't even have a visa. I actually arrived in Hong Kong visa-less and was like, I'll just do it at the border. <laughs> it was very much an impromptu decision. Um, which led to a very hilarious travel story, um, which is always one of the best <laughs> to tell. But yeah, so crazy. It was definitely um, a word I would use to describe it. It was just one of those spontaneous moments where I was like, I want to shake up my life. What shall I do? I know, I'll move to China. Um, so
0: I think we all did that, words. though, at some point. It was just like, you know what? Because like, my first ever trip on a plane was right away to China. 30-hour flight straight Yes, uh, <laughs> <Raymond's laughs> your toes in the water go
1: somewhere nearby like russia let's just go to china one way ticket for favor yes yeah mine too one way ticket i was um i don't have enough money to go back i'm gonna have to make this one work yeah <laughs> did i have a job no fine figure it out when i get there
0: <laughs> yes and i think it's, it's beautiful it's though because we did figure it out though right
1: exactly and, and we've got the language down we got a few sentences in the bank <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yes, I do still say eat the you know, like about little things.
1: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I meet them I till use this a day. Uh. English <laughs>
0: here
1: and there. <laughs> oh, well. So yeah, crazy is one word. And then for a second one, I would probably say um, mm, aspirational. Because I think one thing that China really did for me more so than any other place I've lived is it just pushed me to be my most ambitious, hardworking self. And I, I think part of that has really to do with the fact that, like, you know, when you go somewhere where nobody knows you, where you have like no ties, you just don't have that fear of like, you know, living in your truth and being like your most unapologetic self. Because, worst case scenario, like, these bitches know who I am. Like, no one knows my address. They don't know where I live. Like, so you can just like, yeah, you can be whoever you want to be. You can go for every single opportunity and you don't have that same fear of failure that you do back in your hometown. Because I think when you're back home, we overthink a lot because you know, we're worried what our colleagues will think, what our friends, what our peers, what our family members will think. And I was kind of fortunate in that, like, you know, I left all of that behind moving to China. I didn't have people that I assumed would judge me or, whose approval I had to seek before making any decisions. So it was just really easy for me to go for every opportunity, like win or fail. And for the most part, like I was always successful. So yeah, I I achieved crazy amounts of things in China, which I just never thought I could like, yeah, it, it really pushed me to be like my best self. So I'm always grateful to China for that experience. And I think a lot of people that have lived in China as long as us
0: can definitely say the same. Oh, yeah, definitely because uh, I had this uh, very weird experience where I moved back from China back home and you know uh, So I moved from China and I was like I I moved during the winter and it's like snowing and shit I was like, I'm not down for that kind of bullshit So I'm just gonna go, you know travel around because you know, you have Chinese you just like you know I can do that. So (laughs) like European trips. I went to India for like five weeks, I think and I met like a bunch of people in India who would tell me, "Oh, like what is your like uh, you know, um, they're like into yoga and shit. Um, they're just like, oh, what is your biggest inspiration in life? What is your like biggest achievement in life? And I was like, I, I really don't know any like I didn't do anything like major. You know, I didn't like write a book, which I'm working on right now, but I didn't do like any like magnificent like huge things. And people just like, but didn't you live in China for three years? I was like, yes. Yeah, so? Just like, but that's an achievement. I was like, not really. Because <laughs> like, that's the thing. Well, you well, say it that. Is, it is like, they actually changed my perspective on that because I was like, that's not an achievement. That's not something like you achieved. But then going backwards, you survived.
1: without going to say surviving
0: language. China is the achievement. <laughs> 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 exactly true though
1: because it is one of those things where it's like you know especially once you've been there for several years like the novelty of it wears off so you just get used to the fact that this is home and this is your lifestyle and you kind of make your bubble and your network and you've got your you know friends there and your work and everything feels very normal so you forget the fact that like dude i'm in freaking china like the other side of the planet from where i was like okay, in a completely yeah. alien culture that is largely like cut off from the rest of the world like they're yeah. very kind of sensitive and ill-exposed people so it's kind of like when you then come back to your hometown because like, that's the thing that i found most interesting coming back to London. Everyone was like, Oh, like, where have you been? Cause I kind of just, you know, didn't really announce I was leaving. I kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth for five years and then casually turned up like, Hey guys, what did I miss? <laughs> so it was just funny telling people the story and I would literally get the same reaction every time. It was like, people would just be like
2: China.
1: And there was like this crazy like reaction where people thought it was a really like, um, yeah crazy thing to do they thought it was just like why china and because they don't know anything about the place or the people and they consider it such a foreign place it's like for them which which it it is is like you went there you live there you picked up some mandarin like they're they're blown away so same as you like it really just flipped my perspective on it because yeah i kind of normalized experience as well like yeah which is part of my traveling adventures because i travel a lot but i think like yeah from gauging people's reaction i was just like actually props where they're due like i did achieve a lot in that experience
0: right i do know that you do more than just like you know working a supervisor in your um in uni You are a creator for me. You are the biggest inspiration in my life because you are a choreographer and you do a bunch of other stuff. Can you please share more about that? Because that is very inspiring as one person can do so many things in like 24 hours. It's like Beyonce shit level, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was definitely feeling more of a Beyonce in China. I don't know what it is about China. You just seem to have more hours in a day (laughs) than in the UK. I'm finding myself a bit time poor and lacking in creativity these days but might have something to do with the lockdown but on a good day um yeah so my main um thing is dance so um you know i'm a classically trained dancer and I've been dancing pretty much all my life so that's one of my like biggest passions and hobbies Dad. So, um, I, I'm kind of um, a dancer and a choreographer and um, I, I really enjoy the choreographing part more so than the dancing because I really like the creative process um, and normally like I try to kind of mix a few of like my, my different creative interests so um, I'm really into poetry um, and you know the a hardcore feminist so I normally try to create something that's kind of mixture of being you know political entertaining incorporating movement incorporating some kind of powerful um vocals or spoken statement um spoken word um and yeah just has some kind of you know acting element as well so just basically thinking about ways that we can kind of mix different mediums of creativity to make one visually stimulating product Um, so yeah probably best example of that that i did was actually again in china and our mutual lovely friend Bea um was one of the people who participated Mm -hmm. in this um and it was a project called the woman and that was was my
0: favorite project like that was so fire like i loved it i watched like i watched precise any like videos of that like because it was like a few parts of the video Mm -hmm. oh my god that was so inspiring and monumental you know and i was like oh my god like and i was so proud of because like my friend created it i was like that That's <laughs> she did it she did it
1: because you did oh it. my god i was working with a dance studio at the time and they're just very i mean they're great i still love them and um they're really amazing dancers but i think they're very one-dimensional in the way that they think and they do this annual showcase every year um and the showcase is pretty much the same they just have you know dancing. But this year they kind of did this thing where it was like dance for fill in the blank. So you were supposed to kind of put a purpose behind like why you dance. And everyone was kind of just saying like dance for fun, dance for swag. Like, you know, all these kind of Chinese sentences that don't really make sense in English. Uh, and yeah, it just seemed like no one really had like a kind of strong attachment to why they dance. I mean, granted, yeah, we all do it because we love it. We enjoy it. But surely, if, if at our grown age, we're still doing something that we did as kids, there must be a deeper meaning as to why we're doing it more so than just it's fun. Um, so, yeah, I was quite surprised. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought that would be the perfect platform to showcase this piece. Um, you know, both of us living in China and we're both aware of the fact that, like, it, is a, it can be um, a very repressive environment for women um you know chinese women are not outspoken especially yeah. when it comes to sexual politics like they are not confident to demand their worth um in you know the sexual dynamics of a relationship yeah. like they're uncomfortable talking about how to you know how their own pleasure or how a man can pleasure them and it's not really something that's discussed at all to be honest yeah, and it's they like really it
0: like abusive relationship like domestic violence has never discussed there Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: and yeah, and even like um, abuse, like bodily autonomy, things like rape, like, I mean, it's a broadly silenced issue across the board. But I feel like in China, especially, it's just like a complete absent thing, which is gaining momentum lately because I think now. You know, since the Me Too movement and a lot of these global movements that have really shined a light on it, um, China's starting to kind of pick up a bit late, but they're getting there. So, you know, individual factions in some more westernized cities like in Shanghai, for example, like there are they are trying to do something about it. But for the most part, especially if you go to really remote villages and you know remote kind of countryside parts of China, like forget about it, women's rights there. So I think for me that it was very important for me to have um, Chinese language being a part of this um, show because that was one of my biggest considerations when doing it. Like, am I going to render it fully in English just for my foreign friends who are going to come watch or, you know, bilingual Chinese people or am I going to have it in Chinese? And I was just thinking, you know, foreign people were at least on a subconscious level aware of these points. So I'm just like, you know, my message is really targeted at Chinese society because these are the developments that they're really, you know, not having. So I got a friend of mine um, who's bilingual. She helped me translate some of the um, feminist prose that I wrote into this piece into Chinese. So it could be received like in the original language by the audience, which was exciting. So I was a bit nervous because obviously like by by the time that we were doing the show, it was like a predominantly Chinese audience. So there were maybe like, I don't know seven or eight foreigners in a whole crowd of hundreds who were my friends who I'd personally invited to come. Everyone else was Chinese, so I was a bit like, right. Ugh, "I don't really know how this is going to go down" because it was quite controversial. It was a very sexually over piece.
0: Oh, it was, out, it was though. <laughs> for me. It was like for me, it was like you talked from the soul and since i know you very much personally like for me it was like oh my god there's so much of maggie inside of that like production and then also there's such a huge message for like all the females around you know who like whether one to or not want to accept it but there is a message and that was so strong i literally like i remember a few videos where um i think it was your final one and where bea danced I literally cried, cause it was oh, so powerful. I was like, I cannot hold my tears anymore. Messages like, you know, those words on behind, mm-hmm. that every female probably hear at least at once a day, and that was exactly. so powerful. And this is like the video that everyone could relate to, and mm-hmm. this is what most important, cause like if I relate to it, I'm not alone in this. If I'm not alone in this. I can go somewhere with it and I can take my opinion, you know, to like-minded people to share it with it and you know, to build something more about it. And I think that uh, that was so beautiful and I think we all should watch it now. I hope you guys <laughs> enjoy it.
2: THE The psycho. 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 PSYCHO They call her the Psycho because in this world a woman is not allowed to lose control. How dare she curse? How dare she shout and scream? How dare she lose her temper? How dare she pause a scene? What's wrong with her? But we forget that humans are not robots. They cannot always be in control. Sometimes they fall apart and a woman woman is not a robot. If If life pushes her to her limits, she too must fall apart. The The sluts. sluts, sluts. sluts. They call her the sluts because in this world it is unthinkable for a woman to have the same sexual freedom as a man. How dare she sleep with different men? How dare she touch herself? How dare she not desire a relationship? Or marriage, or kids. How, How dare she love sex so much? What's wrong with her? But we forget a woman is only human, just like a man, is only, just just like a man is only human. And, and all humans, humans have needs and desires. So, so why, why are the expectations different? different? Why, why must so a woman's sexual, sexual experience be different? The drama queen, queen. queen. They call her the Drama Queen
0: because the world is
2: never ready to properly acknowledge a woman's pain. How dare she grieve for so long? She should get over it. How dare she call the police? It only happened one time. How dare she cry rape? Did you see what she was wearing? Don't believe a word she says. She was probably too drunk to remember. But we forget that pain is at the heart of all human existence and experience. So if we have lost the emotional capacity to truly understand another person's pain, then
0: what does that make us To watch the whole performance, check out YouTube version of Daily Dick's show on the 3rd of December.
1: It's issues like, for example, rape or, you know, domestic or physical abuse, that kind of thing.
0: It's or often I, very and it, it's like very. very very important to be outspoken about it like it's not just go to like those extreme measures let's say that it goes like within your daily basis interacting with dudes because dudes are daily dicks let's face it and you know you have to know how to conquer them and those Mm -hmm. parts of the video actually like drama queen slots any type of women is a woman In you, because, like, we're very complex people, and that's beautiful, I think, and we Mm -hmm. need to express that and not let any other person to define you by labels or whatever and, like, put you in the box. Yeah, but, like, if you're expressing that, that is beautiful, that is part of you. The way you express it is different either way, but if you Mm -hmm. do with, like, common sense and, like, that... uh, purity i would say it's always beautiful it's always understandable and it's always acceptable as well which i do think a lot of females should actually like learn about because like drama queen i am very proud i'm a drama queen because Mm -hmm. it takes a while to be that level of a drama queen okay Mm. (laughs) and it, it is beautiful i love that drama because in the end of the day i do love that my problems of the day is that drama which I created from nothing, you know, rather than have actual like human problems, which I'm very sensitive about. But in terms of like thinking universe, got whatever you feel like or believe in, whatever, I do feel like that is, you know, like how's your life? I can't complain because we actually cannot complain about shit. Yet we do, but we put it like in a fun way of like, you know, drama. Oh my God, he didn't text me for a day. I'm dying. Okay, cool. But like, you know, that's drama, but it's not the end of the world and we all know it. But at the end of the day, I do love when my problem is which color I should pick from my nails. I do love <laughs> and I And I cannot complain about it because it is beautiful that I do have those problems. And those like the high, high level problems for me personally, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's a thing. It's like, you know, women are starting to take back a lot of these labels and reclaim them. So obviously as in your case, like, you know, self-proclaimed drama queen, I like to call myself a drama queen as well as a kind of, you know, counterculture, stick it to the man. But, you know, with the piece, it's kind of more so addressing the fact that, you know, women aren't given a platform to, express their feelings without that in itself being stigmatized so it's like we're stigmatized in so many ways and then when we try to speak out against the ways that we're stigmatized that is then further stigmatized because it's kind of like oh like you're still complaining about this or oh you're still going on about your rights or oh we're so equal now what you still complaining about so I think it's also just trying to like you know speak out against this culture that really dismisses the struggle and oppression of women as being something that is still prevalent in the 21st century, because yes, we have moved forward a lot as a society and we have made many milestones in terms of closing the gender equality gap, but we're still not there yet. And this is something that, you know, everyone, male, men, women, everyone needs to understand, like we're not there yet. So the struggle continues and just saying like, oh, things are so much better now is not enough to, stop the struggle or to stop recognizing that there are still things that yeah. need to be improved but yeah. yeah like don't
0: get me wrong like i do love that my problem in the end of the day is like oh my god which co- which color of the nail polish i should choose but yet yeah, i do fight with people who just like oh you're just like a drama queen or you like just you know whatever regular bitch because uh, behind that there are like so many problems and like troubles that we deal on daily as females though Because like we don't actually share it though. As you know, like as men have like a men up thing, Mm. no one actually says to us, like, oh, woman up, the fuck? We actually
1: I do. (laughs) Love saying I'm not pussy up bitch.
0: (laughs) I mean like I say to myself, like, do you remember your gangsta bitch? Okay, now let's do that. Yes, but on the, in the end of the day, like no one actually tell you like oh, you know what? Be a gangster. No one tells you tells you that when men get that kind of feedback, you know, like men up and whatever. We do it on our own because like no one is actually there for us to listen to our problems. Which brings me to the topic of feminism because I was actually talking to my friend a couple of days ago and we have like so different opinions about feminism and I've met so many guys they had this like bullshit idea of feminism and i just wanted to you to speak about it more because i do relate to you as an expert in that field because mm-hmm. you are there you you studying that you've been involved in so many like action pro-action activities about feminism and you did teach me a lot back in the day so i just want you to have this, like, you know, common, I like, just common surface of the uh, idea of feminism instead of, like, oh, feminists hate dicks, or mm-hmm. we do love dicks, let's face it. and <laughs> Well, some I'm of us. <laughs> well, most of us, like, we still, like, enjoy pussy or dick. We're still enjoying it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, when guys are just, like, oh, feminism is something, like, equally on the physical level, which is fucking not. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to like refer more on the feminists because in my eyes, you are an expert and I do want to learn of more of your perspective and maybe that will help other people as well to understand it more clearly.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Full disclosure, guys,
1: I'm not actually an expert. This one will have you think of like a license. No, professional. No, that's like, what I say in my
0: eyes in my, eyes, in my eyes, <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, Well, for me, um, I think um, that one of my favorite um, feminists and um, just general writers, um, I'm sure you all know her because fortunately the queen, Beyonce, has popularized her status globally. But um, her name is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She is actually a Nigerian woman. So comes from the same kind of ethnic background as myself. Um, And yeah, she provided a very um, wonderful kind of as you say surface level definition that i think everyone can get behind and just for them to understand kind of more of what feminism involves so in her definition it was part of a ted talk that she originally had which was later made into an essay and it was called we should all be feminists and in this um talk she basically outlines the following things where she says that a feminist is someone who believes in a social political and economic equality of the sexes so these are three really important factors to consider social political economic because yeah i think the common misconception with um feminism is that people believe it's like one dimensional and when i say people i mean mostly guys but you know let's not stereotype girls get yeah. it wrong too
0: there's um, so many girls yeah, like so- eastern europe that are wrong about that and it's like oh you're feminist? like yeah i was like mm-hmm. i'm sorry <laughs>
1: Feminism becomes synonymous with many things, for some people, feminist means you're a lesbian, Uh, for other people, feminism means, as you said, you don't, you're anti-dick, anti-men, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, And I think largely it just stems from the fact that there are so many intersections of feminism. So, you know, with feminism, it's had certain waves. So when you're actually studying feminism as a theory, you will be taught like, um, you know, first wave feminism, second wave feminism, and the reason it's done like that is because obviously, according to different you know social movements that have happened historically um, that have shaped you know the equality gap coming closer and closer together. That's what's really kind of defined the character of feminism. But I think like you know the reason that Chimamanda's definition is so important is because this really outlines the core of what is there and it also kind of shows what an inclusive umbrella is because another misconception is the fact that you know people believe that feminists can only be women and that is completely not true men can be feminists and i will say that again men can be (laughs) feminists because this is such an annoying misconception (laughs) though And and
0: Mm.
1: and historically like men have been involved in the fight for women's rights. It's just the same as, for example, Black Lives Matter. You know, there are white allies. You don't have to be black to support black suffrage, you know, or, or rather to be against it. So that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, ultimately what involves the economic factor is because, you know, um, despite the fact that the population um, variance, I think it's like 52 percent of the world's population is female versus 48 percent male. So there's actually a higher female population globally. And yet there are more men in positions of prestige and power. Why is that? So that's one thing in terms of the economics of it. Most women are underpaid women who are in the same position as men. So for example, in my role, not saying that my company is an example, don't buy me, (laughs) but you know, if (laughs) you have, for example, a female manager and then a male manager in the single company who are essentially of the same status and doing the same work there's a high chance that the man in that position is going to be paid more than the woman so these kinds of economic gaps between men and women exist a lot then on a social level obviously you have you know just general um things like you know the discrimination for example um how sexually liberal you are so even just something like you know a woman she goes out goes to a nightclub we've experienced this how many times go out feeling horny want to go bring back somebody you know and it's perfectly within our right bodily autonomy right we have the right to dictate what happens to our body as long as it's consensual and for some reason when a woman takes it upon herself to do that it's stigmatized with like oh she's slutty or she's not serious or she's not marriage-minded and there's all these negative you know wait wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait. Wait, let me roll my eyes once again
1: right <laughs> so whereas obviously a guy doing exactly the same thing if not more so is kind of like you know positive labels player oh you a g oh yeah bro this bump the fuck it's very annoying um so just something like that so that's obviously the social implications of it is like you know how women trying to you know live a similar or same life to men in terms of their decision making and, Let and, say and how they're negatively. Mm-hmm. right So that's the social side. And then politically, it's kind of like that's when it really comes to, you know, kind of laws and, you know, society and the kind of the things that are in place, which actually hinder women's progress. So historically, things like, for example, women got the right to vote later than men and women were not published. Uh, you know, for ages, it was only men who were able to be published. So women were actually having to write under pseudonyms to have their work published. So things like that is like, you know, what our predecessors, our wonderful feminist sisters that have fought the way, you know, these are the things that they've had to fight for, right to publishing, right to access, you know, right to vote, these kinds of things. But I think another thing that I really just want to point out for anyone who's listening is, you know, there are so many intersections of feminism that we need to be aware of because, you know, you have other factors like, um obviously gender is one of them, but then you also have things like race and you also have things like mm-hmm. sexuality. So, you know, I have my own ideas of what feminism is and I have my own motivations in terms of like what I want to bring about to improve um, the situation in the world. And my idea of that is very much shaped by the fact that I am bisexual and I am biracial. So obviously my gender, my sexuality, and my race are all impacting you know how and i think the whole
0: and like how a, I'm a cubicle that. basically for you to like interact like okay this way this is like you are a big personality and that's why i definitely love about you and it is hard i assume
1: mm-hmm. it is but it's just one of those things as well where it's like sometimes our goals may not be aligned so for example like you know let's take the example of like a trans woman so you know a trans woman politically her goals might be, you know, to have non-gender toilets so she doesn't have to fight for her right to use a certain bathroom and for that to become an awkward thing. So that might be a political goal of a trans woman. Um, socially, it might just be simply the right to actually be recognised as a woman Man. and not be seen in terms of her biologically assigned gender. So this would be a social thing. And then obviously economically, you know, there's no doubt that there are discriminations in a workplace, especially when you're having to fill out certain criteria and you're having to declare. So this is where people need to recognize that these contradictions, they're not contradictions. It's more just, I I like to use the word nuances, because it's more things that separate the different goals of different pockets of feminists. So, you know, if you're a, you know, black lesbian feminist, your goals and your aspirations are going to be different from, say, a white straight feminist, which is going to be different from a, you know, trans woman feminist. So that's the thing. It's kind of like they're not contradictions, but it's just, again, it goes back to the social, economical, and political side. Ultimately, what we want is for that gender gap to just come together and not exist. There shouldn't be, yeah. you know, this great divide.
0: I do and that also, applies
1: to all sexes, not just men and women, but intersex, non cisgendered as well. Yes.
0: So, I agree with you hundred percent. I do wish that you know, uh, as you said, like for example, like black lesbian, white feminists, and transgender males or females or any part of that section that they refer to would come together and you know just combine their powers fuck combine their powers together because mm-hmm. this is where i think the the society divides us uh my friend is like transgender and she doesn't have the right to exist the fuck is that and i do hate the idea so i would love to all like female forces like to combine the power and actually fight for mm-hmm. all of us with the stonewall thing mm-hmm protest uh, where um, Just like, you know, like gender and like, you know, just get the fuck out of the way because we only like, you know We kind of have our right here. We're good. So you just like, you know, chill out and That's wrong in my because if you're fighting for something you have fight it you need to fight it till the end and This is in power of like women to actually, you know, hey, That's not okay if I'm white and my black friend or mixed friend doesn't have the same right as me or us together realizing that our transgender friend doesn't have the same rights, That's fucked up because like, why the fuck can I listen to Beyonce and she cannot? Mm -hmm. It's that simple. In terms of like with transgender people, especially where transgender person can be killed because they have dick i i have no comments to that because this is for me just ridiculous if you do not understand it study it yeah if you
2: actually that's a really really
1: good to point, study because
0: it because just shut the fuck up shut the fuck up
1: yeah i think everyone just needs to empower themselves of knowledge especially it's like you know my advice to anyone who's listening and is interested to delve more deeply into the topics that we've discussed, like just yeah. arm yourself with knowledge. Like, like I said, obviously you have so many intersections. Like I've got a few on hand, because like I said, I'm a student. So it just so happens I've been reading these. So um, I will get Aya to, um, give you guys a reading list as a link, um, if you are interested in some of my personal favorites to get you started. Um, but yeah, just like, you know, try to find um, some of your feminist heroes and you'll probably find that most of them have written either essays or they have TED Talks or, you know, there's recordings of them doing speeches. Um, a lot of my feminist inspirations, they're poets because, you know, I-, I love poetry. I'm a creative, I'm a lit major. It all goes hand in hand. So Audre Lorde, the late Audrey bless up, Um, one of my absolute favourites, she's the self-proclaimed lesbian black mother warrior poet. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, specifically black feminism, because like I said, historically, a lot of the kind of movements that focused on women's rights ended up securing rights for white women, and black women were still left on the sidelines. So that is another reason why there are intersections in the movement, sadly, because people get left behind. And then when yeah. Black people get certain rights, then the trans get left behind, and it's kind of a trickle-down effect. So. You know, it's a shame. I completely agree with you. I, I think we, you can't stop the struggle until we're all included and we all have yes. the same, right? I have an anecdote about that, this annoying thing. I call it the yes. fake compliment when guys kind of do this thing where they're just like, oh, you're pretty and smart. And they say it in a way where you're supposed to be overwhelmed. Like, oh, thank you for telling me that I'm pretty and smart. It's just like, it's actually insulting that you firstly assumed that I was dumb. And then on top of that, that you consider it a compliment to identify that women can be multifaceted, hence they can be pretty and small. And when every
0: single like, time when dude on a Tinder or any like Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. DMs me and he goes like, oh, you so like cocky. I was like, it's not cocky. It's confident because I know. I. was like, oh, you're beautiful. I say, oh, I know. Thank you. Because I do know. I have a mirror <laughs> fucking back home. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is I so mean, true that's though
1: legal. to be fair like you know, you, know it's hard you're so, so cocky like, you know, I was like build ourselves up.
0: I'm sorry I, I just know, know it. it I like you're not the fucking first person to tell me that shit like
1: right and it's like sometimes it's just like it's no I'm just I, I just have a high sense of self-worth so it all comes down to perspective cocky yeah. confident you know
0: because it, it is confidence and there's nothing bad about it but like you put it like you don't say it's like confident like because there's a difference like cocky and confident mm-hmm. Confidence is like something you know cocky is where you just like act it out just because of your insecurities or whatever i mean don't get me wrong like we all have insecurities and stuff but if i do know i look good i do look good and i will not say oh my gosh Thank you! Like, that's the first person that really hated yeah. me.
1: Like and I think that touches on a really good point, because it's like one of those things where it's just like, you know, you still said thank you. So it's kind of like, you know, we're still taking the compliment, but I think one thing that women very often fall into the habit of doing because of this kind of scenario where they don't want to be you know misperceived as being arrogant or bitches is they kind of fall into like this damsel in distress role where they're just kind of like oh like you think I'm beautiful and it's almost just like men expect us to have a very low sense of self-worth yes for us yeah, to be the people that like bring mm. our confidence from the ashes or the abyss <laughs> of depression where we were and it's like bitch, yes, bitch was and I will be great after you.
0: Like, <laughs> oh my god! It right? Exactly. I woke up like this, bitch. Here's Beyonce's, oh, like, please. telling you. Anyways, like, tell me the anecdote you wanted to tell, because I think that was, because we discussed it before, and I think that it is very important for everyone to hear that story and anecdote. Eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. Story time, guys. Okay, so basically, I was asking me um, about like a recent um either like a relationship thing or just like a recent interaction and let's face it we're in lockdown so i don't know about you guys but i'm not getting laid (laughs) so unfortunately there are no juicy sex stories to speak of um but i do have a story i'm going to be nice to the douche involved and we can just call him mr (laughs) d mr d for douche uh, so that will be his anonymous pseudonym for the sake of the story. Um, but, yeah, so basically um, it's somebody who um, is a work colleague. And um, I'm single, by the way. I'm just going to let that be known. Um, because it's I'll, leave Maggie,
0: I'll, I'll leave Maggie's credentials <laughs> down
1: there. <laughs> Not for that. I'm just letting you know, like, from where <laughs> I'm coming from. So, um, yeah, basically, like, um, it's this person that I met at work, um, you know, usual, um, hit it off. Um, we've kind of exchanged um, socials, we we're speaking on Instagram for a little bit, but I don't spend too much time on my social media. We're like messaging each other on WhatsApp, Um it's getting to the point in the beginning, obviously, it was just kind of like fun and flirty, you know how it goes, I don't need to teach you guys how to flirt, like, you know, we're picking up on innuendos, we're kind of trying to steer the conversation a certain way, like, you know, there's winks and double entendres, um, and that kind of thing, so... Yeah, we're kind of flirting back and forth um, and then it's kind of building in a sense where it's kind of just like okay this person is now monopolizing more and more my, my time so it's gone from being one of those things where you know just the odd text here and there to now we're like you know having hour long three hour long conversations on a phone we're messaging each other non-stop he's now consulting me for like really important life decisions because he's also um he was applying for master's programs around the same time i was applying to kings where i'm doing my ma at the moment so he was just asking me for advice and to look over his things. So it's really becoming a thing, which I have now turned because I've been in a situation far too many times. So I'm just like, it's about time that I put a theory behind it. So I'm going to call this the girlfriend experience. And I'm sure you have all been in a position at one point in life where you have had this, where you basically have a man or a woman, whatever the case may be, um, that is taken. We're really investing in each other's lives and giving up a lot of our personal time like we're having hour long conversations on the phone and um, he's consulting me for personal life decisions um so yeah there's just now a lot of energy that's going into I do believe that you know when you're investing emotionally and energy wise and time wise into someone that and especially when you know from the get go you've established not a platonic relationship so it's been romantic from the offset I do believe that when it's getting to a point where that person is kind of monopolizing a lot of your time and vice versa, then it's ignorant to say that, you know, it's just platonic still or that, you know, it's just on a friendly level because it just gets to a point where it's kind of like you talk to me more than you speak to your friends, to your family, to your relatives, to people that you've known for years and years. So this can't just be like a surface level thing. So I guess this is one of my biggest pet peeves and I find this is, Um, really predominantly the case of men and no, I'm not stereotyping because like I said, I am bisexual and I have dated both genders and it is predominantly a male issue because I feel like women are more transparent. Um, sorry, men, not sorry. It's true. Um, so yeah, it's just a really big piece of mine. It's like, you know, I've obviously, if I'm, um, actively entertaining someone in a romantic way, like I'm flirting, like, you know, I'm kind of giving you the old wink and whatever then it's kind of like it's fair it's safe to assume that i'm single because i wouldn't do that when i'm in a relationship it's just that simple and i don't know why this isn't like a universal law unless it's a thing where you're into polyamory and that's established from the get-go i'm all up but that, that's the thing
0: like you you just say it straight away though that if, you, exactly. if you're in that kind of relationship which just like hey hi by the mm-hmm. way
1: yeah, and it wasn't that. So imagine we're having these kinds of interactions and he he's literally saying stuff like, quote unquote, he was just like, oh, um, you're the first person that I want to talk to when I wake up. You know, these cliches, like, uh, let me just retch. Um, and you know, like, and he's literally messaging me like nonstop. He's getting mad if I don't reply. Like it was getting to a point where it's like, you know, if I'm busy because we're supposed to be working, he'll be messaging me at work. If I haven't responded to a message, he'll be getting upset. Like, why are you ignoring me? So I'm just like, okay, this person is really monopolizing a lot of energy, a lot of time, so I'm thinking, okay, this is really building in an emotional way. This is a logical reaction from what you're demanding from me, and this is something that men really need to understand is that you need to be able to give as much as you're willing to take. Because I feel Thank like men, they have this thing where they want to have it all, and maybe it's the patriarchy that's got them gassed like this, but they just want it all. So imagine at this point, he's kind of the one making most of the moves in the sense where he's just like, I want this, like you need to answer your phone, like I'm trying to talk to you all the time. So I'm like, okay, this guy is really serious, this might really be going somewhere. so. I'm kind of like, okay, let me just be brave, shoot my shot, like, you know, set up um, a physical interaction, bear in mind that this is happening while we're in lockdown. So this has all been like virtual communication. We haven't met in person yet. So I'm trying to like, you know, just keep it casual, arrange like, you know, post lockdown lunch, because that's the way that you flirt in the 21st century COVID life and all. So yeah, I'm kind of just like, you know, being bold, being like, okay, let's do it. This is obviously where it's leading. Right. And then suddenly. I'm just getting a bomb dropped on me. And this guy is coming out with, I think they um, said something that's very cryptic and this is another pet peeve of mine. It's just kind of like, when you've already omitted certain very important information and we've now reached a point where it's been weeks or even months and this is just coming up, then just be as clear as you can. Don't keep beating around the bush when you've already wasted so much of my time. So, this guy's now coming out with all these kind of cryptic messages where he's kind of like, oh, um, you know, like obviously um, I'm so attracted to you. And if this were different, if I wasn't spoken for, then. And I'm like, huh? I'm having to literally read this again because I'm like, spoken for. First of all, just come straight out with, I'm married or. I've got a girlfriend or I've got a boyfriend or whatever the case may be. Don't be given these kind of like unclear, like, you know, cryptic euphemisms. Like it's just annoying at this stage because you've already wasted my time. And this is the first I'm hearing of it. And I was taken aback because I'm like spoken for. What is he talking about? I know this guy is like not in a relationship the way he's been in my DMs, like talking about sexual things, you know? Uh, it hasn't just been a very surface level flirting it's been down to like us discussing like our favorite sex positions and right. he's been saying stuff like oh you know, we've been getting nasty. I'm not going to divulge it for you guys. I mean, because that, that's you know, how it goes. Like, it's 21st you know,
0: century. That's what you said. Like, this is how it goes. goes. That called sexting. Exactly. Like, like, it's part talking, of like, it. A
1: little bit dirty. And he's coming out with it. It's not even one-sided. I mean, yeah, obviously a lot of it is coming from me, but it's give and take. It's very much reciprocated. Like, I'm not a delusional person. So it's not one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, all the sexual energy is coming from me and he's kind of just being deflected. Thank you. Like, you know, he's initiating a lot of these conversations. Right. So I just feel like, you know, men need to really take responsibility for where they're, you know, creating certain misunderstandings because that's how in the end result it's being made to be perceived like, Oh, you thought that's where this was going or you thought that's what it was. And then they try to make you seem like the crazy one and they never yes. take responsibility for how they've led your thoughts. To eventually come to those conclusions, and just kind of like, in what world does you talking about? I want to eat your and I want
0: uh, to. That, okay, that that's okay. Let's that's like, daily. daily show. A you can say eat pussy, fuck dick, and everything. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't I know why I'm I restrict it from eighteen-year-olds <laughs> or younger. That's so fine. <laughs>
1: but you know, it's just one of those things. This is actually not funny. I'm not in character anymore because I'm like, you've taken me out of character. So, we need to right. just go straight to the hard facts. Like, what are you talking about? So, I'm just like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, oh, you know, like, um, his, I'm not even joking. This is so funny in hindsight. His exact wording was, um, I'm not all the way single. <laughs> Man, what I'm does sorry, this that mean? Me. Can you please explain? Can somebody explain? Because I don't know what I'm not all the way <laughs> single means. As far as I'm concerned, you're single or you're taken. No, like or that. That no means like you're in an open relationship, relationship
0: no? no? Like you're open relationship, right? But not all the way. Oh, yeah. single. Not all the way single.
1: I have no idea what that means. I was just like, at this point, you've gone from I'm spoken for huh. to I'm not all the way single. I'm getting pissed at this point. Like, okay, as you should be a stereotype. But I'm becoming like the angry black woman now because I'm just like, okay, you got me fucked up, like. What is going on right now? So I'm like now at this stage of him where I'm just like, okay, you need to actually stop speaking in riddles and be as clear. Like I was like, I'm not playing with you. Like use plain English. We're both literate people. Use your words. What do you mean? I was like, are you in a relationship? Are you married? Question mark. This guy's trying to now start like responding to something I asked him like three sentences ago. And is still going around in circles. I'm just like, Mr. D, I am not playing with you. Like, I'm about to literally delete you from... I'm like, you're go- You're no, you're not even going to be deleted. You're going to be archived, like, for good. As he so should. I'm just like, you need to, like, just come out with it. Because at this point, I'm just like, I literally don't even care. But it's like, you're actually wasting more of my time by just not even being clear at this stage. Because right. what he was obviously worried about is he knows that him coming out with it is going to mean that I'm going to adjust myself because I'm one of those people. I do not give more than I'm able to get because I believe that all relationships have to be reciprocal, whether it's platonic, romantic, whatever, there has to be. There are recipro- not enough eye roll rolls so for me I'm at this point, this much energy. right? If I'm giving this much, I need to be able to get that much. And someone who's basically exactly. saying I'm spoken for, I'm off limits They're limiting how much of themselves they're able to give you. So if that's the case, it's like, so why should you be getting 100% of my energy? Why should you be getting the girlfriend experience? I'm here giving you life advice. I'm here checking your shit so you can get into a good uni. Like I'm here giving you work advice, giving you like XYZ amount of things and you're just basically not able to give me anything because you're spoken for and you think it's just enough to let me know that after the fact, no, can do. So like, yeah, if he didn't, he, can you imagine to this day, he still has not confirmed. I don't know if this guy's married or in a relationship. I think it's one or the other, but regardless, we kind of just had to leave it there in the end because he was literally just like not willing to say the words out loud. And then after that, I was just like, I'm actually annoyed because I was just like, I can't believe, you let it go this far and you only thought to bring this up now. And it's only because I probed with the questions. Otherwise you would not have said anything. And then you imagine he now tries to get defensive and he's flipping on me and being like, Oh, um, did you think I was being serious? And then he's talking about like, Oh, like, um, I was just joking. I'm just like, dude, if that was my man, like, whether it's my boyfriend or my husband and, I'm seeing his phone and I'm seeing the kinds of messages that he was sending me, like sent to another woman, like, <laughs> I'm going to end Bye-bye, up in Birdie. prison that day. Bye-bye, Bernie. He's going to end up in A&E. <laughs> like, That's crazy to me. So I just think like that is just the most appalling excuse. So if it's all just a funny joke, how about I screenshot this and send it to your girlfriend slash wife? Is she going to think it's a joke? Is she going to think it's as funny as you do? that's the thing it's kind of just like you know what the situation is like we're not dumb we're not kids like you're supposed to be a grown-ass man this guy was several years older than me so he's in his mid-30s he was like 35 i'm 27 like how are you a whole grown man and you acting like a kid like i mean i know having a kid like kid would still like
0: feel sorry and like come out with the truth though It's just like it's so fucked up though. But like
1: it's just like this school um, you know, dynamics, like you know, when you were like in school and like the guy can't really like express his feelings, so he's deflecting. It's that and it's kind of just like ew, grow up.
0: It is ew grow up, but like what I'm wondering about like because you've been as well as I've said before, like in many things. You've been the biggest inspiration for my life personally. So how do you like get out of that thing? How do you actually pursue like you know what? Like fuck off. No matter how like cute and yummy you are, and like how many like vibes we have between, I'm just gonna evacuate myself from the situation because fuck you. I come first. Like, what is your like mental setup for that get out thing? And mm-hmm. how do you do it? Like. What are your mindsets like, you know, like controlling yourself not to text back, not to like, you know, interact with it anyway, besides like blocking, obviously, but like mindset mm-hmm. of like, without like thinking about that person or if that person appears in your thoughts, you're just like, okay, Hey, hi. Okay. I thought about you for two minutes. Fuck off. Bye. Like, what is your like, you know, mindset for that evacuation basically?
1: Well, I think the first thing, which is really important for, especially all of us women to do is just just be as realistic with ourselves uh, as to what the situation is because i think what a lot of us do and it's a defense mechanism because obviously sometimes we don't want to see the situation for what it really is because it's hurtful and we don't want to have to deal with the emotional roller coaster that comes with that so i think a lot of the time we fall into this really bad habit of making excuse excuses for these people because we're just like oh like you know maybe what he did wasn't so bad. And even sometimes like we're embarrassed to tell our friends because we just know that they're going to like lay into them and be like, that dude's trash. What the fuck? And we don't want to hear that because this is someone that we still maybe have some kind of like attachment to. I mean, yeah. me and you had it girl. And, like, you
0: know? we, we, we have this like fantasy that maybe like in a week or so we're going to like, you know, be together and like, you don't want to like trash shock the person you're like actually picking.
1: Exactly. But then yeah, let, I let
0: that, me, ladies really remind you, sorry, babe. Let me remind you guys. That's, like, no one is that busy to meet up with you or reply to your text. Let's remember you uh, from Netflix, season one, two. He was killing fucking people and he was still able to text you back. Yeah. The fuck? Let's not use you as an example. Let's have no one... Well, that, that's a bad example. But, like, you know, keep in mind that he was very busy, Okay. <laughs> And he still had time. He still found
1: time. He had a lot of time. (laughs) He still had time to masturbate from across the way. (laughs) Exactly.
0: It was like, slash, people
1: like, miss you, babe. (laughs) But sociopaths aside, um, yeah, so just being realistic about the situation. And sometimes, like, it takes somebody else to take us outside of that. So I think as girls, like, we need to embrace the. Society of sisterhood that we have around us and rather than looking at it from a way of like, oh Like I don't want to tell my friends because I'm worried about how they're gonna judge me or I'm worried what they're gonna say Or I don't want them to say bad things about this person like we need to invite other opinions because sometimes it takes an outside perspective to actually shake you out of that false reality and to have you seeing things clearly because a lot of the time when you're in the situation, because you have feelings that are involved and because you're invested in a kind of biased way, like you're gonna be seeing things in an unrealistic way. You're gonna be defending that person for things that are indefensible. And sometimes it takes someone who is not emotionally invested to actually tell you like, girl, no, this is fucked up. Like this is not excusable. So you need to, allow those opinions to you know, enter your reality and don't be hostile towards them. Like, even though at first it's going to seem like, you know, they're attacking somebody you'd care about and that kind of thing. But you have to like keep in the front of your mind that one, these opinions are coming from a place of love because these people that are telling you these things probably care about you way more than the shit bag that's making you feel like that to begin with. And two, like we need to stop defending bullshit behavior because then it's like we become enablers in our own misery. Like we need to stop doing that like yeah with this guy in the end like i pretty much just had to set my boundaries and because yeah he tried it because like i said men have this thing where they want to have their cake and eat it they want to have the whole wife and kids back in brazil because yeah he's brazilian um so they want to have like this whole like family set up back home but then they still want to have their little like you know london side chick and this is the person that they go to for this because you know realistically speaking i get it like you know, sometimes someone cannot satisfy us on all levels. So you might be physically attracted to someone. No, but I, I get it as well, but be honest. Response. Be fucking honest. Exactly, be honest or right just, way. you know, be satisfied with the fact that you have something good. Like, you know, yeah. people want too much sometimes. Like it's, I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, we would have someone who stimulates us like intellectually, sexually, emotionally, physically, and also is completely personality compatible with us and we have mutual yeah. interests. But you know realistically the likelihood of you finding someone who has all of those characteristics it's like one in a million right so it's kind of just like you can't be greedy in that situation unless it's something that you're upfront about you can't be like i'm gonna go to this person for my sexual fix and then i'm gonna go to this person you know for my intellectual fix and i'm gonna go to this person because they're a good yeah, listener yeah meanwhile and like, meanwhile i have like 10 people
0: to go, to go to yeah but,
1: like Yeah, exactly. Like, unless that's something that you're honest about and you're in a non-committed relationship, but if you're in a committed relationship or spoken for, as these people like to say, like, you can't be out here doing that. Like, especially without having that transparency where you're actually upfront and telling people like, yeah, this is the situation. Because, you know, if you do that, then it's their decision how they want to proceed. And obviously that's going to affect how they're going to relate to you. Because if I had known from the beginning that he's taken like, I'm not going to approach him with the same energy because I'm like, I know this is not going to go anywhere long term. So why am I going to be spending hours on the, on the phone when I could be talking to my friends or, you
2: know, studying
1: or doing something else. Yeah. Or someone else. So that's the thing. It's kind of just like, obviously like, you know, my decisions and my mannerisms are going to be different. And I think he knew that, which is why I do believe it's like, it's a different type of abuse because it's kind of just like you've consciously misled me so you can take from me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he can um, and that that is, is yeah he replied the question though when you ask him like right away he tried to avoid it though when he should yeah, oh like, hey yeah i'm sorry i like is, yeah. i feel bad about it you know i'm sorry i should have told you like before which is not actually an excuse but it is but at, at that point like good like, enough like good yeah. enough let's say that and it's like yeah i'm sorry i was like you know because we all like battle like all, all demons whatever bullshit, like we think we're battling whatever but um yeah it still like makes it less painful and tricky and sticky at the same time i would say so mm-hmm.
1: anyways I- i'm just now at a stage where yeah. i can laugh about it i find that story so funny but yeah i just cut it off real quick and we have to as women as well. Another thing that we really need to do to stay in that positive mindset is to just set boundaries. Like you have to, especially if you find that, you know, you have that one person who is a trigger for you. Like maybe you've been in a toxic relationship and you have that one person that you find yourself repeatedly going back to, or that person who's just able to steer you in like as soon as their name comes up in your phone and they message Mm -hmm. you to come over, like you're in a first, you know, taxi over there. Mm -hmm. If you have those people who are like emotional triggers, in your, or even sexual triggers in your life. Like you have to set boundaries to protect yourself from your yeah. worst instincts. You know,
0: care about yourself because in the end of the day, no matter how many family members, friends you have, you are still there by yourself and you are in the end of the day should be there for yourself Like, mm-hmm. And now let's go to the fun part. Okay. I have like quiz questions for you.
2: Oh, I want gosh.
0: you to reply really quickly without, like, you know, okay. first thing comes on, on your mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ready? Ready. Oh, <laughs> ready. Set. Go. Okay. Big dick or thick dick?
1: About alcohol. <laughs> <This is good. laughs> thick dick. Definitely go.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Most uncomfortable sex, sex position.
1: Oh my god! Definitely the one where like it's kind of like a missionary but it's the one where like your legs are all the way there and they're like all up inside like your organs and you can just feel like, <laughs> or
2: something,
0: like. If, if the dick yeah, is big and like, thick it's horrible and it's, like, it's hurting mm-hmm. it's like yeah leaps- it feels like you're being
1: impaled <laughs> don't
0: like that one <laughs> it feels like it's in here okay good dick or good hat
1: Good head. I'm not much into
0: penetration. Okay. Uh, Men or women in your case or sex toy?
1: Um, I'm going to order them. <laughs>
0: woman, sex toy, man. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, a recent public place where you had sex.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, what's it called Sintra in Portugal <laughs> it's literally down here on oh, the crossway yeah very shameless it was like broad daylight and touristy <laughs> oh, <well.
2: laughs> hello. hello
0: there to the guy Sometimes yeah, I'm, I'm gonna come over to soon for, for, for a drink at the bar though Okay. Um, <laughs> daily dick or once a month dick um hmm.
1: It depends. Um what? it could be like bad daily dick or good quality once a month dick, then I would take No, it we only I away. mean like it's
0: daily dick show, we only go into good dick.
1: Okay. Um then daily, obviously. I mean okay. <laughs> hourly, is that an option?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be for sure. Okay. Um What would y- what would make your vagina dry? Like, um, what is the instant turn off for you?
1: Stupidity. That shit will be like the Sahara. Ding, ding, ding. I cannot stand an idiot. <laughs> it's that's, just like... That's You when you position. just hear something comes out of their mouth and your face just, like, gets stuck in, like, this, like, smelling shit position, you're like...
0: <laughs> smelling <laughs> like,
1: shit position. <laughs> yeah, you know, like... Ugh, okay. I can't. Deal.
0: <laughs> okay, sex on the first date, yeah or nay?
1: Um, depends. Because if don't it's somebody dating, no, but it depends because it's like what kind of date. If it's somebody that I've um,
0: no but like, do you do you like okay with that in general? If the vibe is yeah. there and everything,
1: I I don't believe in those stupid stigmas because I think again that comes down to feminism. I think that's something that males have instituted. But yeah. for me, it's kind of just like it depends what kind of. Relationship I'm trying to build. If it's someone that I'm literally just attracted to on a sexual level, then 100% like sex on the first date Most of the time, I'll even skip the day. I'm just like, why even bother? Like, if you've met the person on, like a you know sexting app, and that's pretty much all you're interested in them for, it's like, why are we even wasting time and wasting money on food when you could be eating pussy? So, yeah, yes. like, obviously first date, <laughs> but then it's kind of just like if it's somebody that you're. I don't know, trying to build something more with. Um, I'm not against sex on a first date because if the mood takes over, then why not? But I think it just depends on what your sexual libidos are saying. Like if your energies are kind of matching up and you both feel in that moment like it's going to the bedroom, then follow your body. Don't deny yourself. But I think if it's one of those things where it's kind of like, there's something about the energy where you don't feel. I think if you ever get to a point on a date where you're questioning in the moment whether you Mm. want to go back or not, it probably means that you shouldn't. Because yeah, if you if me, you question it, it's like it's
0: definitely a no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, because it means that you're unsure about that person. You should not do something that you're 100 not invested in.
0: Yeah, because like that means like you're like your intuition sending you signals that makes you question it, like without even like being perceived like with like a couple of days thought. Is yeah i know um, that
1: you're uncomfortable about something in a situation i don't think you should ever have right. sex with anyone when you're uncomfortable because sure. you're gonna you're not gonna get maximum pleasure from that interaction yeah you're not gonna enjoy it's it so yeah if you're having to question it don't do it if it just naturally happens and you kind of blink and you're like whoa like how did we get here then it's meant to be
0: <laughs> yeah okay uh what is the big mix- uh, sa- the- sorry i'm gonna start you over <laughs> <laughs> What was the biggest sex discovery in your life that no one prepared you for? Like no one taught you, no book you read about, like mm-hmm. prepared you for?
1: The curve. The so what? You know, sorry? Sorry to all of my like, you know, non-heteros out there um, who this would obviously not apply to, unless you're using toys, but like, yeah, the curve. So this is something that is absolutely not spoken of enough. So, um, then if this is something that you've experienced, but I'm sure you have sex expert over here, but, um, yeah, depending on, obviously like, you know, vaginas are all different and our pussy anatomy, that's not the scientific way to describe it, but whatever, the pussy anatomy of each woman is completely different. So, you know sometimes like your most compatible sexual partner um, is gonna be defined by like how their like dick curves. So for me, it's kind of like I have to have what I call a lefty. So it's when that dick kind of like is straight and then it kind of slightly curves to the left because of where my G-spot is located in my body It's like that kind of curve is going to stimulate, especially in most of the positions that we're gonna be doing. I found in cases where I found someone who is like a righty Bitch, don't even bother. Like that shit is so painful because it's like going the complete wrong way. The wrong way. And like I've just found that I have not enjoyed sex and it was one of those things where it's just like, you know, it took me ages to actually understand why. And then I was kind of really like, so now it's kinda of sounds really creepy, but now I'm just like really analytical. It's kinda of just like yes. i even get down to the business, I'll be there like, Okay, drop
0: the pants. Let me see.
1: Oh, he's a riot. get out.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I actually actually did different thing. I was like, so my G spot is like straight and a little bit on the right. So, oh, if so you're the manage, opposite of me. Yeah, it's just like if you can manage I'll to, I'll send reach you there, my
1: discount.
0: We good? <laughs> like, but there's like different positions. Like, you can turn me around. As I'm bandy and everything. Like, you can turn me around every way you want. If you can reach the point, you're good. If you cannot, get the fuck out. Because I was like telling this guy, I was like, okay, so I discovered my G Spoil. I was like, oh my god and it's like straight and a bit on the right he's like you're so specific i was like damn right i'm specific, mm-hmm. it is specific <laughs> with me. Being, i
1: think most women think they know where it is and yeah. like they haven't actually had someone even scratch the surface and then it's like when you actually get someone who gets you there and then you know
2: just like you
1: know uh, you so that's when it becomes one of those things where it's kind of just like for me i'm just like yeah. most of the time when you're not a lefty like you're not gonna hit it so i'm just like why waste each other's time like let me call you fair enough. yeah i mean Thanks it's fair, fair enough, enough. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that was definitely something that no one teaches you, like because of the curve Teach
0: you, okay. This is follows me to the last question of the quiz: Why sex education is so important?
1: Oh my god, like not enough time. But I just think um, it's important because um, it's one of our human rights—the right to experience pleasure—and it might not be codified in a constitution or you know, written in the Bible or any other holy book, but I think it should be, because I think it's as a fundamental right as the right to shelter and to food and to everything else. It is, and I think it's especially important for women because that's the thing, it's kind of just like, you know, men are kind of taught what their sexual role is, um, more so than women. But I think, you know, women, we've historically, and even in terms of like education, we've just been taught that our body is basically just like a reproductive system. A like, big pusher. There to like, you know, be inseminated and then push out the future generations of this world. And it's kind of just like, no, we need to get out of mm. that because some people don't even want to reproduce. Some people don't want to have kids. I might be one of those people. It's like, we just need to stop thinking about it in terms of kids period because some people don't want to have kids. And I think this whole thing of like women are naturally maternal, it's a fallacy. I'm not a very maternal person. Yeah. I didn't even like to play with my baby sister. I'm just like- And that's yeah. fine like yeah exactly and it's fine and we need to start accepting the fact that it's fine and that we can't we need to stop forcing maternal just maternity on women in general Mm -hmm. like you know our bodies are our own and they have more uses than just making babies
0: so that's why sex
1: education is important women need to realize their power
0: yes thank you pussy power to the crowd to all the listeners to all those like 20 listeners in the beginning i appreciate you all um uh, i do appreciate your time and it's been a struggle to set up this video for the fucking beginning but i, I do appreciate yeah. your time I, and you friend. <laughs> I do love you very much thank you for being a part of this uh show and thank you for bringing the name to it if it wasn't for you it probably wouldn't happen let right, tune in
1: Follow her, follow her Instagram, follow well, her. For
0: Maggie, for the very, very sexy choreography. Mm. Cause bitch, that was sexy. Okay, all of those. I'm <laughs> like, she needs to do that weekly. <laughs> I
1: really am actually trying to like um, reproduce it in London on like a yeah. large scale. So because we only obviously had like what eight dancers or eight or ten. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to have it with like multiple. That's yummy. Dancers. Yeah, that would be really yeah. cool. So
0: okay see you guys that was daily nick that was making with me follow us on a podcast whatever you're listening to spotify or apple music yes uh youtube videos and especially instagram because i'm just, <laughs> i'm just good with instagram that's the thing Hi.